Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, a podcast about personal productivity. I'm Scotty Jackson and as always, I'm joined by the lovely Rosemary Orchard. Hi Rose, how are you? Uh, I am very happy to be here. How are you? I am great, thanks. So we have uh, something special this episode. So listeners might note that this isn't normally the week where we release nested folders, but that's because today's episode is sponsored by Devon Technologies, makers of Devon Think 3, and they wanted to partner up with us to share our Devon Think setups with you. So I had a great fortune of uh, sharing mine a couple of weeks ago on episode 20, and today we're going to be hearing all about Rose as I inquire about all of the many ways in which she is using her next level setup of DevonThink as a long-tenured user. So, Rosemary, are you ready? Well, I mean, I feel like I'm under a lot of pressure now, but yeah, I'm ready. DevonThink's ready as well. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, I mean, let's start at the beginning, like what with content. So what all kinds of content goes into DevonThink for you? Um, well, I, I would say my life, but uh, what I'm currently doing is actually an OmniFocus like tasks, but everything else like document management pretty much happens in Dev and Think nowadays. Um, and I started out having things in folders in Finder years ago and then realized very quickly that it was going to get very messy to keep track of things. Um, so once I found out about Dev and Think, I started throwing everything in there. So I have several different databases. I've got a filing cabinet, which is what I think of as a filing cabinet. So this would be things like historical bank statements that I need to keep, tax documents, pay slips, proofs of purchase and warranty documents for like big expensive devices. So like the iPad proof of purchase would go in there. The chocolate bar I bought for lunch yesterday, not so much. Um, I don't think you can get warranties on chocolate. Uh, if you can, I need to find out. Um, and, um, you know, manuals for devices, things like that. That's my filing cabinet pretty much. Um, and there's a couple of great features that I've been using recently, like the reminders, um, so that I can get reminded a month before the warranty on something expires so that if there's a problem with the device or I think that there's a problem with the device, then I can actually get that sorted while I'm still under warranty or extended care in the case of Apple care, which is really nice. Um, and then I have another database for my master's studies. So I am working on my master's degree. Um, I took a little bit of a break for a while, juggling lots of plates, but I'm, I'm getting mm -hmm. back to that now. Um, and that is great, just throwing all of that stuff in DevonThink because the search there is super powerful. So it can automatically like surface related documents and I can find things by keyword or a keyword, you know, within X words of another keyword, um, which is perfect for exactly what I need. Um, and then I have like a professional me and this is related to the business side of my life. So I have, you know, invoices and receipts and stuff in there. That's basically all tax stuff. Um, and hopefully at some point I can throw it at an accountant and they'll go, oh, this isn't that badly organized. Cool. Um, and uh, I have some documents for them. <laughs> Um, I also have a work database, um, and unlike my other databases, this one is not synced with Dropbox. I sync it using the web dev system we have set up at work so that all of the data is still on work servers. And I love the fact that I can open the app and I can see all of this information regardless of where it's actually synced and stored, um, and it just works. Um, and then that's pretty much reference documents for projects or copies of certificates for courses that I've taken as part of work and, and things like that. Um, and then I also have um, a couple of project-related databases. So for really big projects, like, for example, Wemworks, I've given them their own database because there's a whole bunch of things that I need to store in there. 
other than that, I just have a, a general one. Um, and that's where, you know, like I put a group in there for an OmniFocus project because it's got quite a bit of reference material, but not enough to warrant its own database. I don't have any hard and fast rules yet about, you know, like, oh, this one is definitely going to have to have its own database and this one just needs a group. If in doubt, I start as a group because I can always move it into its own database later. Wow. So you have a giant breadth of kinds of content, it sounds like. Basically, you've got a, a spot for just about anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. But at the same time, it also feels like super organized, uh, even though I don't feel like I spend a lot of time organizing it. Totally. So uh, I'm curious then, if, if you've got all of this kind of material going in there, what are, what are the various different inroads that you use? Like, how, how are you getting content from the ethos and the world into your dev and think? Uh, well, quite a bit of it nowadays happens on iOS. Um, and I mostly just use the share sheet here because it's really easy to throw something into dev and think from the share sheet. Um, sometimes if I've written documents um, or created a, a whole bunch of text in drafts, then I use a drafts action, which uh, we can put a link to in the show notes, um, to just throw it into dev and think. I also have created specific drafts actions, which I put, I have a processing group in, in drafts, um, and these will share it specifically to the inbox of this database or into that group. Um, and this is really helpful for longer ongoing projects where I, I need to be able to send lots of data there once I've written it up for whatever reason. Um, on the Mac, though, there are a few more options. Um, so, of course, drag and drop, that's pretty much how I got started. I would just drag and drop things into approximately the right place. Um, but um, I, I also use the the import feature with the, the tab that appears on the side of my desktop. I have a really wide desktop screen. Um, so I, I put that on the side and I don't notice it most of the time. I have Yoink at the bottom and then Devon think about that in the middle of the screen uh, on the left. Um, and I can drag things over there. And I realized uh, about six months ago that um, if I don't file it when I put it into Devon think with the import, then it will sit around for quite some time waiting for me to file it. Um, and so I've gone ahead and changed that preference to make me select a group um, because that's in the preferences. Um, so that's that's really useful. Um, and then I also use PopClip. Um, and this, again, goes back to my master's studies. You know, a lot of the time I, I'm reading a page and I find something useful and I just select it and I use a, a PopClip action to send that into DevonThink. Um of course, Safari and Firefox have the Clipper, um, and I, I use those fairly religiously, especially at the start of a new master's course. Um, I, I will go through and save all of the pages that they've linked me to at the start of the semester into a group for um, for that course. Um, but the one thing I really like that I've been experimenting with recently, and this really you know makes me happy because it, it's my automation friend, are the mail rules inside of mail. Uh, you can set up a mail rule so that when, for example, you receive an email from a specific sender or whenever an email has this in the subject, um, then you can have it run an Apple script. And Devon thinks ships with so many Apple scripts. Um, but some of them include the ability to add um, an email to DevonThink or to add in the attachments on an email or to add the email and the attachments into DevonThink. Um, and I've been looking for somewhere new to, to live. And so this has been great because whenever I get emails about that, um, they automatically get filed into DevonThink um, and they just get pulled in thanks to their smart rules in mail. Oh, wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's amazing. You've got like a lot of different integrated full stack way of getting stuff into Devon thing that, that is really interesting to hear. 
Yeah, I mean, I I would make a point of I've set this up over a couple of years now. Um, you know, I I started out using Dev and Think, and I wasn't really putting a lot of effort into it, and just it you know it's mostly share sheet and drag and drop. Um, and then over the years, I've I've realized, okay, well, I'm quite frequently trying to share text from drafts into Dev and Think. Well, Dev and Think on iOS has a great URL scheme. Um, and so I should go ahead and and set that up so that I can actually put you know the stuff from drafts into Dev and Think with an action. So I created an action. Then I started using PopClip, and it was like, oh, and this happens to Dev and Think action. And you know this stuff builds up over time. If you start trying to throw things in from multiple different directions to start with, it feels kind of overwhelming. But I've built this up over a couple of years now. Of course, but but it's neat to understand like where one can go if they start basic. You know, like like me, I've I've started quite basic, and now I, I can get some ideas of how to layer on to that to you know augment the value of of you know putting all of this stuff together into one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know that's the thing. It's it's you know augmenting. You've you've got to add to it and improve as you go. Totally. So as you're getting all of this, you've got all of these kinds of content, you've got these various different ways. So when things get there, like you, you mentioned a variety of different, you know, databases and, and, you know, folder structures, like how all are they organized and structured? Like, um, tell me about that. I like, you know, let's, let's use your, your, uh, maybe your filing cabinet as an example, because that's something that probably applies to just about, uh, anyone if they use that sort of mental model for what kind of content goes in there like what does that look like uh my filing cabinet has absolutely zero structure because uh, oh. this reflects my <laughs> filing cabinet in real life so i actually don't organize the files but that doesn't mean that so i don't use groups in the filing cabinet i do use groups elsewhere and i'll get to those in a moment but i use tags okay. in my filing cabinet religiously because sometimes the warranty is also the proof of purchase and so being able to tag that so it appears in both and also being able to tag it with the the month and the year that the warranty expires is brilliant um and so tags for me in the filing cabinet are 100% of my game. Uh, that's the only way I file things um, because that's all I need. Um, but that is, you know, very helpful. Um, and I, I do have some kind of naming structure to things. I tend to put the, uh, the the date that I added or got the item, which is not necessarily the day that the, the receipt or warranty or manual was added to the database um, uh, there. Um, and then uh, I have like the approximate name so that when I go to search for it, I've added those keywords just in case they don't appear in the document. Excellent. Yeah. Um, something that has a little bit more structure, I will use my, my master's degree database as an example. So inside of my master's degree database, um, I have a group for every year that I'm doing um, the, the program. And then inside of the year, I have a group for every course that I'm doing inside of that year. I did start out with tags for the different years and tags for the different courses, but I very quickly realized that it was, you know, not feeling like the right thing to do. It just didn't look right when I had all of these, you know, we ones from different courses mixed together on a flat in a flex structure it didn't really work for me um, but then inside of each mm. course um, I have a group for each week because the studies that I do are given to me in a weekly basis so you have the stuff for week one and the stuff for week two um, and so on all the way through to the end of your course um, and and this is 
pretty nice because then I can go through and I when I put stuff in there, it's all marked as unread. And then once I've done it, it's marked as unread because I've read it, right? Um, and so that's, you know, a very simple way of doing that. But then I also use tags in there. So I use tags for, um, you know, like university content or recommended reading or required reading um, or, um, you know, essay prompt, things like that, so that I can quickly find all of those at the same time. That's neat. I, I, I'm really... Um fascinated by the uh, idea of, you know, what makes sense to you, what feels right, and being able to use these different sort of ways of structuring mm-hmm. things, depending on how you look at the content that you've got in front of you and and being able to um, give different kinds mm-hmm. of treatment to different groups of, of content, you know, whether you're using folders or groups or tags or databases. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really neat. Did you find that that shifted and evolved uh, over time, you know, beyond the, you know, example of your, you know, your master's degree of initially trying tags and saying, "Eh, this doesn't fit. Um, What are some other ways in which you've, you know, sort of restructured things over time, finding or experimenting with different approaches? Well, another way that I've experimented is I tried creating um, a tag for my OmniFocus projects originally. So I would create a tag and then everything related to that project would get tagged with that project. Um, Because I thought, you know, I have some things that relate to more than one project. Well, the reality of it is, is I thought I had things that related to more than one project. But most of the time when I'm going to look for stuff for that project, you know, I I don't think I don't want to be thinking about my other projects. Um, And even though, for example, this website Mm. might be relevant to project A and project B, uh, it's often that it's not relevant um, or and or I just thought it might be relevant, and so I, I tagged it with both because I could. Whereas instead, I, I really need to focus because most of the time things for me are not relevant for both projects. Um, and so that again, I'm using groups, and I create one group per project that needs reference material, and then just store the things inside of that group. That's really interesting. I, I'm I'm fascinated by that idea of what is you know technically true versus what is true in the way in which you think, uh, and being mm-hmm. able to honor your philosophies above, you know, what is maybe, you know, absolutely super factual. Um, Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I always think back to when I was studying science school. So I did combined sciences, which meant that I have physics, biology, and chemistry. And theoretically, they were all the same class because it was combined science. But the reality of it was, is biology was different to chemistry and different to physics. And I pretty much hope that that's still true today, because otherwise we may end up with, I don't know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles running around. Mm. I hear that's a thing now. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, so, uh, you know, theoretically, these were all the same thing. But I rarely wanted to have my chemistry stuff when I had my physics stuff because it ended up being this huge physical load that I had to carry around. And while I may have switched over to being paperless and turned that into a digital load, it still adds quite a bit of mental load having all of this stuff in what is essentially a folder. Now, of course, in Devon Think, you can filter by both uh, groups, which are their folder equivalent, and um, tags. So you can exclude the other things. But for some reason, my brain just likes better the way that I can drill down into a folder or a group because that is an exclusive um, filter uh, mm. instead of an inclusive filter where it's filtered with this and it can also be filtered with that because, well, physics is different to chemistry. Um, and in my case, you know, working on WinWorks, for example, is different to working on nested folders. That's that's a really good way of thinking about it. So um, you, you've just started talking about, you know, inclusive versus exclusive filters. Uh, so uh, let's build on that. What are What are ways that you go about, you know, finding and organizing, you know, 
maybe qu- queries or uh, searches or uh, you know dynamic lists of things? How do you go about exploring and navigating uh, your databases to find things? Uh, most of the time, I just start with the search because the search is really great. Um, it's very powerful. I can set it to to go through lots of different things, or I can I can use the filter. There is an entire manual section on using the search, um, and I would highly recommend people use that because you can do things like, for example, I mentioned earlier, say I wanted to find the word uh, Scotty within one word of the word Jackson. So it might say Jackson, space Scotty, or it might say Scotty Jackson, and both of those would be valid. Um, then I could actually mm. have a search that just says, you need to find the word Scotty within one word of Jackson. Um, and it will do that. Um, now, where that comes in to be perhaps more helpful, because theoretically there, we've, we've got a couple of choices. It could be Jackson, comma, space, Scotty, Jackson, space, Scotty, or uh, Scotty, space, Jackson. I think those are the three limitations um, of how your name would realistically be formatted. Um, but, you know, what about if Jackson is in brackets? You're suddenly having to write a lot of ors here, whereas using that is, huh. you know, using find the word Scotty within one word of Jackson really just does all the work for you. It's like regular expressions, but Devon thinks search um, because it does all of that in the background for you. Um, but you can also say within 10 words of something or I want to find this word or that word within 15 words of this other word. Um, and that is really useful when I know that, OK, so I'm looking for an iPhone bill. So it's going to have Apple and it's going to have iPhone. Uh, but I think it was the iPhone 10. So say, for example, you know, I'm, I'm looking for so I type in Apple and iPhone and then I say, but I want the an X to appear within one word of the word iPhone. And then I can find the bill for my iPhone. Um, and I, I pretty much always turn to the search. Sometimes I will turn to the text. Um, so recently, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've been trying to sort out somewhere new to live, which considering everything going on in the world at the moment is quite a bit of work. Um, and so, but I've been tagging those with this tag and this is a disposable tag. Uh, so I've got a bunch of documents that I need to provide as proof so that I can, I can find, take this place to live. Um, and, um, mm. you know, so I'm, I'm there and I found them and I've just been tagging them because they want all of the documents at once. Of course, they don't want 25 documents in 25 emails. So when I've got one document, I can't just send it off and be done with it. No. Um, but this means I've been tagging it. And then once I've sent all of those documents in, which fingers crossed should be later today, I could go ahead and delete that. Um, instead, I'm actually going to mark, uh, I'm going to just put a little uh, X at the start of it so that I know that it's been done um, and keep it just in case they need something else for me. So I know what I've sent them. That is really clever. I think I think I I think about that a lot with task management of the the dy- dynamic nature of work and and you know maybe how work is occurring and changing my tagging system and so on there but where it comes to uh, reference material I don't think I've thought that dynamically about things so I really like that idea of having a a tag that is useful for now and not necessarily forever which is uh, which is really which is really cool um, do you use a lot of like smart groups then. Um, to have like, you know, these sort of quick save searches or uh, how do you use smart groups? Uh, so I use smart groups sparingly, not because they're not useful, but simply because most of the time I, I, I'm not necessarily specifically looking for PDF because sometimes my scanner at 
I have I need to get a new scanner. Sometimes I tell it to scan a PDF and it gives me a JPEG. So me looking for, say, for example, a PDF file is not going to help. Um, I should probably figure out something where I can set up a smart group that says it was scanned by a silly broken Canon scanner. Um, and uh, then, you know, I, I would find PDFs or JPEGs. Um, but um, I do save my searches um, when I know that I'm using them frequently. So, for example, um, and I, I will do this and they will also be disposable for one of a better word. So I will create a search while I'm working on an essay uh, for finding this keyword within X words of that keyword. Um, and and then I can save that because then I can come back to that because I don't write an essay in one sitting. Or even if I do, I'm going to need to come back and double check on things when I'm proofreading um, and editing. Um, and so I will come back to this time and time again and edit my searches as well. Um, those save searches when I realize that, oh, yeah, well, I found this and this wasn't included in there. So I, I need to go back and update that because that's useful. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 do, I do save the, the, the searches. Nice. And uh, OK, so I, I've, I have it in my notes here. Rosemary Orchard, the kind of person who also automates things. Uh, <laughs> what kind of... Uh, it's good that I wrote that down. What what kind of automations do you have that are set up? Uh, I think I think you've you've kind of alluded to a few things here, but like very explicitly speaking, like what kind of automations do you have set up around Devon Think and um, and how do you use them? Well, I have a Dropbox folder, which is one where I have Zapier and if this and that throw things in. Um, and I also occasionally throw things in there myself, um, just because uh, whatever device I'm on it doesn't have access to to DevonThink. Um, and um, the, specifically my work devices, I have a, a thing where I can just upload into the Dropbox folder. And then I am watching that folder with Hazel. And whenever a new document is added to that folder, it runs an Apple script. Um, and this Apple script is, again, it's another one provided by DevonThink. It's installed in DevonThink um, automatically. Um, and it's just called import and delete. Um, and this will just go ahead, pull that, that file in, and then delete it for me. And this is really useful for things like paid invoices and stuff like that. So um, Zapier, for example, watches my invoicing software. Whenever somebody pays an invoice, it downloads the PDF of that invoice and drops it into the folder for me so that then on the other end, Hazel can pick it up and go, hi, Devon Think, here's a document for you. Uh, I also recently added one, which uh, a separate folder, which does exactly the same thing, except there's another step in there. It's running the import OCR and delete Apple script. So it will then run optical character recognition on those documents before it imports them or as it imports mm. them. Um, and that's built into DevonThink. So my my silly scanner, which is not very smart, can still uh, you know be rescued at least at some point. That's fantastic. I hadn't even thought about I take OCR for granted, um, uh, but I mean, obviously, yeah, that's good. That's going to be super important for anything that you're you're scanning in or or starting from, you mm -hmm. know, basically an image of of something that exists in some sort of physical hard copy form. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really useful for me. Um, and then, um, you know, because these things just get imported into my inbox. And I mentioned earlier, I'm not so great at the actual filing of documents. I'm great at the intention to file documents, but I'm not so great at the actual filing of documents. Um, and so I mentioned I use Hazel to automatically, you know, find these files and, and have it run Apple scripts on me. Um, you know, DevonThink essentially has a kind of Hazel built into it. Um, it's called Smart Rules, uh, just like you have Smart Rules in Mail, um, where you can do things and file stuff. Well, you have Smart Mail 
smart rules in DevonThink too, where um, I have it automatically file stuff. So for example, those paid invoices get shuffled off into into my freelancing uh, folder and, and things like that so that I have all of those in the right place for me. Um, and it takes a little bit of time to set that up on the front end, but then I just leave DevonThink running on my Mac mini um, and it does everything for me, which is great. That's fantastic. Uh, okay. So what, ha- what haven't we talked about here? What, what are the other things that you are doing with Devon think or organizing with Devon think that we haven't, we haven't, you know, constructively gotten to yet? Well, we didn't mention that I've been building a database of my shortcuts inside of Devon think. Whoa. Um, <laughs> So um, let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, one, so DevonThink can store loads of different kinds of content. Um, so as well as documents, it can also store links um, and it could um, like download a web archive of a page and things like that. Um, so I've been storing the links to all of my shortcuts as I've created them inside of DevonThink. I did start with Airtable, but it turns out in this particular case, Airtable is not the right thing for me. Um, so instead, I've been saving those links into DevonThink because then I can go ahead um, and on that, I can go ahead and, and add a note um, and things like that. And I can link things together um, and add tags to stuff and all sorts of things. Um, and that's just really helpful for me. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. That is fantastic. That is really, I, I could see that being super useful as a way of referring back to and having that like immediately, you know, st- stored searchable, you know, reference base of here are all the things. Yeah. Um, what I what I like is I've been I've been saving these, and because you have the date that it was added, you can, you can easily see. Okay, so this was the first iteration of this shortcut. Here was the second iteration. Here's my current iteration um, of this particular shortcut. So I can go back and I have version history for want of a better way of terming it. Um, I I get that this is a very niche way of using Dev and Think, but I'm sufficiently nerdy enough that I'm having great fun doing that. But that's that's a really good um, a really good point though is that you can you know by storing different versions of things and having them either grouped together or tagged together or database together or whatever whatever rule or um, conceit makes sense in Devon thing for you to use um, being able to put that together to you know go through the steps and the version history that that's a really neat solve for something that doesn't have version historying built into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Um, and, you know, it, it works. Um, and because you can have links um, inside of DevonThink, then I can also, um, you know, link um, to that from a markdown document if I want to write a bunch of, you know, details about a particular shortcut, um, which I have done for a few of my shortcuts, um, then you can go ahead and do that. And I, 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 I like doing that. So Right on. And are you generating any of that markdown or content from within DevonThink itself? Or do you find that everything is kind of starting in other places and then and then working its way back to DevonThink to find its home? Well, in this particular case, because I, I'm I'm sharing those shortcuts from shortcuts, I've got a shortcut to share the shortcut to DevonThink, which is super nerdy and meta. Um, <laughs> but it's using the DevonThink on iOS URL scheme, um, and it it automatically does a whole bunch of stuff and creates like the markdown file and stuff for me and links everything together, and that's good fun. Um, but I should also take a moment to mention that I've been experimenting with the templates recently because you and I are both familiar with the the tickler system uh, that David Allen uh, mentioned um, or brought up mm-hmm. several years ago. And you can actually use a template to create a tickler system inside of DevonThink um, with the reminders um, that you can have um, on a file that 
this is the first Devon, th- like this is the first tickler system that I have actually used and remembered to use because it mm. works. Um, and you can add a reminder to a file. So it goes. So if you right click inside of DevonThink, um, then you can go ahead and so there's new where you can just create like new uh, documents like a HTML page or a markdown text or a bookmark or a feed. You can store RSS feeds in here. But if you go down to new from template, then I think it's registers. Then you can create a tickler file. And this creates, well, a tickler file, um, but it's tag based. So you can automatically tag things with, you know, the right day, the right uh, day of the month and stuff like that. Um, and then I find if I add a reminder for that day as well, then uh, I will actually remember to go and check out. And it's really nice. Fantastic. Uh, this has been quite a tour on what sounds like a very robust system. Uh, it is very robust, but I do constantly tweak it. My my system is never static because my life is not static. So I have to go through and update it on a regular basis. Well, and that's, I guess, one of the big advantages when you use such a flexible system, right, is you've got one that can that can grow and uh, adjust with you as your life grows and adjusts. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Devon Think has certainly been serving me very well there. Awesome. Well, our sincere thanks to Devon Think for sponsoring this episode. If you want to learn more about Devon Think and how you might be able to use it, uh, please check out uh, their URL at devontechnologies.com slash nested folders. And there you'll find uh, a great inroad into all of the Devon Technologies products. Uh, you can learn more about uh, us and our past episodes at nestedfolderspodcast.com. Or you can also tweet with us on the Twitter at Nested Folders. Rosemary Orchard, where might people go to learn more about you on the internet? Uh, the best place to find out more about me is to go to rosemaryorchard.com, which has links to all of the things I do around the internet, including uh, Instagram, Twitter, and so on. Scotty, where can people find you? People can find me at heyscottyj.com or by the same name on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, again, our thanks to Devon Technologies and... Thank you for your time in our tour today, Rose. Well, thank you for hosting it, uh, Scotty. It's been great fun showing you around. Uh, Until next time, Rose. Thanks very much. See you next week.